Hello, and welcome to this, the second in our podcast series as part of the TTM Academy, or Targeted Temperature Management Academy, a program of Penn Medicine to help clinicians understand better how to care for patients using targeted temperature management and after cardiac arrest. This podcast is designed to be very practical and clinical in orientation, and it's geared towards nurses and physicians in emergency care, critical care, and cardiology who deal with cardiac arrest patients on a regular basis. This second podcast is going to cover a very important publication that has just come out in the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, the COACT trial, uh, which stands for Coronary Angiography After Cardiac Arrest Without ST Segment Elevation. And this trial uh, is going to cause a lot of conversations, and so we thought it would be useful for us to put in our thoughts on what this trial means and how we interpret it and how you may consider interpreting it at your hospital. So first, I want to cover the context of this trial. As you all know, out-of-hospital cardiac arrest is a major problem. You also probably are aware that many cases of -of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest are related to underlying coronary disease. That's not something crazy or provocative. I think that's widely known that significant coronary disease is often found in patients with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. Now, the challenge, however, from a clinical perspective, if you work in an emergency department or critical care setting, it's often very hard to tell who has their out-of-hospital cardiac arrest from a coronary cause. Now, you'd think it would be simple. You'd think based on ECG or troponin testing or other factors you could tell. Well, it's true that if somebody has a STEMI, an ST segment elevation MI, after a cardiac arrest, that shows up in an ECG, those patients need angiography, they need a stent or a balloon angioplasty, that's a simple version of the scenario. The more common and harder version is someone comes in from an out-of-hospital arrest, maybe they had a shockable rhythm, maybe they didn't, their post-arrest ECG is abnormal but does not show signs of STEMI. Rather, it might show T-wave inversions or other abnormalities, and the troponin is slightly elevated or not elevated at all. Does that patient need the cath lab? Did that patient have their arrest from coronary disease? It's very hard to know. And we've published on this, as have other groups, showing that the information available in the emergency department cannot adequately push you one direction or the other. So, for example, patients who had a positive troponin, sometimes that's just from a prolonged arrest, and they had a negative angiography. Patients with a negative troponin, well, often they had an NSTEMI, and it was just too early for it to show at the level of a troponin. So it's hard to know. Now, why do we care? A series of observational studies over the last 5 to 10 years have provided very provocative information that indeed post-arrest coronary angiography may be important. These observational studies showed that when an aggressive post-arrest cath program was put in place, survival improved. Patients did better. Many patients got stents or other interventions. Now, they're observational studies, not randomized trials. So the question was still out there, what is the role of coronary angiography after out-of-hospital cardiac arrest? And as a related question, the timing of this is so important. And those of you who work in emergency departments or in ICUs know that calling an interventional cardiologist at 2 in the morning and saying, we need to cath this patient, it's not a STEMI, but they had a cardiac arrest, and we think they might have coronary disease, it's a difficult conversation to have. 
the cardiologists often correctly say, well, gosh, I don't know if this patient's going to do okay. I don't know if they're going to wake up. It's a big intervention on someone who's critically ill. And, and so there's a tension there about what the right thing to do is, both with regard to whether you cath them, but also the timing of the cath. Do they need an immediate coronary angiogram, or can it wait a day, or two days, or even five days? That is the setting that led to this trial called the COACT trial, published in the New England Journal of Medicine. It's a study that was performed in Holland. The lead author is someone by the last name of Lemkes, L-E-M-K-E-S. Uh, so you can find it on, uh, on your journal search uh, engines that you use. So Dr. Lemkes and his colleagues asked the question, do patients with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest who did not have signs of STEMI, because we all agree if you have a STEMI, you go to the cath lab, if they did not have signs of STEMI, should they go to immediate coronary angiogram, or can it be delayed until neurologic recovery, until they wake up and a cardiologist is convinced that this is worth doing? And so this is a very important question for those of us who care for patients after cardiac arrest. A secondary question, of course, is how do you interplay both targeted temperature management and the coronary testing as well. And so we'll get into that. So in this study, the COAC trial, they assigned 552 patients who had out-of-hospital arrest but no signs of STEMI on ECG to undergo either immediate angiography or delayed angiography until after they woke up. And they defined waking up as following purposeful commands and so forth. This was a delayed, so immediate versus delayed angiography. Now, on angiogram, if a PCI was indicated, if they found significant lesions, they would treat them. And then they looked at survival at 90 days, which is a very reasonable sort of delayed outcome measure uh, because surviving the hospital isn't enough. We want to make sure people are home and doing okay. And they certainly looked at secondary endpoints of recovery, cerebral uh, performance, and so forth. So they looked at a number of factors. And it was a very well-documented and well-performed study. So I congratulate the authors on that. The fundamental conclusion, the fundamental result that they had was that in the arm that got immediate angiography, 64.5% had um, a, a, were alive at 90 days. And in the delayed group, 67% were alive at 90 days. So essentially, there was no difference. So they concluded that in out-of-hospital arrest patients without STEMI, there's no need, there's no uh, differences between immediate angiography and delayed angiography with respect to survival at 90 days. And they also found the complication rates, bleeding rates, and so forth were all very similar. So this would suggest that immediate cath does not have a role if there's not a STEMI. I think one of the main things, though, I want to convey here is a word of caution. This study has some key limitations that are important to carefully describe, and I describe these in an editorial that I wrote with my colleague, Dr. David Gajewski, that accompanied uh, this article. And in a sense, this podcast is me just elaborating more clearly on what I said in the very brief editorial. So in the COAC trial, they took all patients who had a return of spontaneous circulation who didn't have STEMI. Um, I should also say that these were shockable rhythm patients. So here's the problem, though. If you're a clinician in the emergency department or the ICU receiving these patients, you know more about these patients than meets the eye. For example, do they have a history of coronary disease? Were they having chest pain or shortness of breath in the hours preceding their arrest, as one might expect to happen if it was a coronary cause, at least in theory? Do we know if they have risk factors, hypertension, smoking, a family history of coronary disease? Um, have they had an angiogram before that either was either negative or positive? In the hours following an arrest, this sort of information 
can be accumulated and comes to light. And the problem with the study, when you look at all the patients who underwent angiography and all patients in the study did receive an angiogram at some point, the majority, over 60% of them, had no coronary disease that requires intervention. So it wouldn't matter if you cath them early or late or never. And so I worry a lot that this message will be overinterpreted that patients may not need immediate angiography in select cases. My statement here is bolstered by the fact that when you look at their supplemental files, um, which are online, not printed in the paper version of this uh, uh, article, when they looked at subgroups, a very interesting finding appears. Now, this is post hoc analysis, so, so it's provocative and not definitive, but I do think it's important to note that when you look at their supplemental data, the subgroup of patients who um, had known histories of coronary disease and patients who were older and their cutoff was over 70 years of age um, seemed to benefit much more from immediate coronary angiography. Um, and in specific, the odds ratio for being over 70 was 1.7 highly significant compared to less than 70 um, with regard to um, improved uh, with immediate angiography. And then uh, when you look at the history of coronary disease, it was 1.44. So again, patients seem to do better. Now that one uh, was a little less significant, but still significant in the comparator. So it suggests that patients who had a history of coronary disease or older patients, which really means they're likely to have coronary disease, were much more likely to benefit from immediate cath. This is Monday morning quarterbacking, but I wish I could have had them design the trial where they took a high-risk group of patients, not just all post-arrest shock rhythm patients, but a high-risk group of patients who we believe to most likely have coronary disease. Now, that's being unfair of me. Um, it's always easy to critique a study after it's done, but at least it tells me that this is not the final word. And at 2 in the morning, when those of you who work in an emergency room are faced with a patient who has a V-fib arrest, you get them back. Their EKG is perhaps abnormal, and you know they have coronary disease based on an old report. Or the spouse is telling you, doctor, nurse, they were having chest pain for three hours before they collapsed, or they were short of breath and sweaty for the hour before they collapsed. I'm not sure that delayed cath is the right answer to that. And I would have a conversation with interventional cardiologists at the point of care and make the case for your patient why they might benefit from an immediate angiogram. And if they respond to you saying the COAC trial showed there's no benefit, you are now armed and dangerous because you can tell them, look, the COAC trial did not ask the question of did the patient with known coronary disease who is having chest pain today, would they benefit from immediate versus delayed cath? That's not what the COAC trial answered. So hopefully that makes sense to you. And our interpretation of this trial is that for most patients who have shockable rhythm out of hospital arrest, they don't need immediate cath. We agree. Most patients do not. However, for a subset of patients who are high risk, elderly, risk factors, known coronary disease, history of cabbage, you may still want to encourage early coronary angiography or immediate coronary angiography. There's a reason why I think this is so important and why I worry about a delay until neurologic recovery. In our hands at the University of Pennsylvania, and we've corroborated this with a number of other um, high volume post-arrest care sites, if you wait until after rewarming to cath a patient who has acute coronary syndrome or unrecognized NSTEMI or significant coronary lesions, rewarming can be a problem. When you rewarm patients, often they become tachycardic, often they vasodilate the skin, 
and so their coronary perfusion pressure can drop. What can that do? You can have watershed ischemia and or infarction. And we've had several patients go into cardiogenic shock during rewarming because they hadn't had their acute coronary syndrome diagnosed early enough. So I would caution you to say, look, I, I don't know if the cath has to happen that night, that minute. What I say to our cardiologists is, look, come by tomorrow, but we really want you to think about cathing this patient before rewarming, and here's why. And we lay out the reasoning that rewarming can be a tricky situation. And indeed, in the COAC trial, a number of the delayed cath patients converted to earlier cath based on cardiogenic shock or other complications. So in summary, I don't think this trial is the final word. And I'll tell you there are two other trials underway right now. Both trial groups have been public about the fact that the trials are underway. Um, one of them in the United States is called the ACCESS trial. There's another trial underway in Europe that will add to our knowledge of post-cardiac arrest cath. And, and the reason why I'm grateful and glad there's three trials, now one published, two underway, is it's becoming increasingly clear that targeted temperature management is one important part of post-arrest care, but it's really a bundle of care that we all need to think about. It's hemodynamic management. TTM, correct neuroprognostication. There's a bundle of care of which cath is an important component that we need to understand better for whom it benefits and for whom it may not benefit as much. So hopefully this was a useful exploration of the COACT trial and its interpretation. You can also read our editorial in the same issue of New England Journal of Medicine um, uh, on the COACT trial. But importantly, if you want to learn more about post-arrest care, targeted temperature management, and the way TTM is part of a bundle of state-of-the-art care for post-arrest patients, please consider joining us for our online course known as the TTM Academy Program. Uh, this program will be going live very shortly within the next few weeks online. You can find us at TTM Academy um, through the Penn Web Insight uh, Infrastructure or Googling it, and we hope that you will consider taking our course. What we're going to have is a several-hour modular online course. Take it at your leisure that will make you all experts in state-of-the-art post-arrest bundled care and will offer both CME and nursing educational credits. Uh, so with that, once again, my name is Dr. Benjamin Abella at the University of Pennsylvania. Thank you for listening, and we will continue this podcast series with other topics related to post-arrest care and targeted temperature management. Thank you.